Welcome back to Bible Love. We'll welcome Mary Balfour back in just a second, and we'll spend today learning about her trip. But uh, first, today is the Feast of Monica, mother of Augustine of Hippo. And so the collect for today, let us pray. Deepen our devotion, O Lord, and use us in accordance with your will, that inspired by the example of your servant Monica, we may bring others to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome back. Thank you so much. And first of all, I want to say you guys did a great job. There was no um, not too much bickering happening. And I really enjoyed learning um, about the Psalter and especially in the context of a cathedral and, you know, how they do morning prayer and evening prayer. And it really kind of ties into what I wanted to talk about today, which was my trip, because I saw tons of cathedrals. And it's so cathedrals work so differently than sort of parish life of what you and I do, Alan. So um, we're I just thought we'd talk about our trip and I uh, and 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 what we did and um, maybe maybe encourage others to do something like this um, because it really was such a holy, holy experience. Um, I went with a company called Faith Journeys, which all they do is they work with all different denominations, but a lot of Episcopalians and they put these trips together. Um, So this trip was really centered around um, Anglican roots. We as Episcopalians, um, began as Anglicans and sort of seeing where the first, um, Christians in Scotland and England were really sort of establishing Christianity. And one of the things that struck me so much is, is if you look at all these different, um, cathedrals and you, and you go, through these beautiful places, um, you, you remember that these things were built not for the people of that time, really. They were building them for you and I, um, and, and knowing they would never see the fruition of all their hard work. And that felt so holy to me, um, to be able to be in places that, you know, can you imagine building something that you, you know, you're not going to see the end? I mean, that's pretty amazing. Um, and I, I loved that and felt so honored to be a part of that. So the trip over was a little rough because, you know, it's just always hard to fly across the pond. It's a lot of travel. Um, we flew from Charlotte to Munich to Frankfurt to Edinburgh and then we got on a coach and drove another three hours to Oban, Scotland. So the first day was 24 hours of travel and was pretty exhausting. Um, but everybody got a good night's sleep. And the reason we went to Oban is because one of the things that we really wanted to do was to go to Iona. Um, Alan, do you know anything about Iona? 
just by reputation, not too much about it. Yeah, it's some it's somewhere I've always wanted to go. And so what you do is you take two ferries from Ovan, you take one to the Isle of Mole, and then you take another to Iona. And Iona is is really where Christianity began in Great Britain. It's where the first um the first Christians were. And it is it has a Celtic feel to it. When you get off the boat, you see um, the nunnery, and that's just the ruins, really. And then you get to go to this magnificent cathedral. Um, I don't know if you can do this, uh, Alan. Maybe you could um, link my Facebook, because every day I try to kind of um, put in um, pictures of everything that we did. And um, it was just a beautiful day in Scotland. Scotland's not somewhere I've ever gone, and it's usually really rainy. And we had just beautiful sunshine and that was gorgeous and then we got back on the bus and drove back to Edinburgh um and um Edinburgh is a beautiful old 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 city um while we were there we um got to go to St. Giles Cathedral um in the Edinburgh uh castle and of course lots of plaid um we um got to see several um scottish men in their kilts um playing um and it it was just lovely to be i, I thought the scottish people were extremely kind um and welcoming and everywhere i went they wanted me to talk and I wanted them to talk because I wanted to <laughs> hear their accents and um, just really, it, really a really wonderful country. Um, and if you think about it in the Episcopal roots, like when, um, when the church wanted to sort of um, disengage from the church of England um, and help me if I get any of this wrong, um, the first bishops in the Episcopal Church were actually ordained by Scottish bishops. And Bishop Curry was actually recently in Scotland kind of reaffirming that um, relationship. So our roots really are in Scotland. Um, and the prayer books are still the 16... I think it's 1654 prayer books. Um, and that was really neat. The next day we went um, into England to a place called the Holy Island um, Listen Farm, if, if Linden's Farm, if anyone knows it by that name, and met the vicar of this extremely sweet um, little chapel called St. Mary's. It's all of these chapels are working chapels. They all have services every day, all day long. Um, and that was sort of the second place on the pilgrimage. People moved from Iona to into England into the, what's called the Holy Island. Um, and so, you know, you look at these ruins and they're just thousands of years old. And we as Americans don't understand that history, right? Um, it, it is nothing that we think something a couple of hundred years old is old. They got much more on us. Um, and so that was super interesting. Then we went back into Scotland. So we, we figured it out. We spent over 13 hours on the coach, um, kind of going back and forth, which was 
extremely interesting and and fun when you have 21 people you get to know each other and enjoy and um all of that um the third day we went into york um we toured durham cathedral and ripon cathedral we were going to go to york cathedral but they were filming a movie there so we did not get to go um to that but listen the cathedrals are just amazing the stained glass but also like some of the modernism that they've tried to add into it over the years is um pretty incredible okay i'm talking a lot what kind of questions do you have before i keep going maybe you don't um so these are folks from your congregation that went and also from another parish here in the diocese of upper south carolina our dear friend, um, the Reverend Janie Wilson, her parish, um, which was Church of the Good Shepherd in Rock Hill. So the two parishes went together. Um, So we had those two priests. And then we also had Janie and I, and then we also had my dad. And um, as y'all know, my dad is a priest. And so every morning on the coach, he would do um, prayers for uh, individuals and families And then he would talk about a saint that was living during that time, whether it was St. Bede, St. Alban, St. Augustine, you know, all the different. um, So we we kind of tried to pray through this pilgrimage. And And it wasn't just about cathedrals. It was about understanding where the first Christians who were martyred, most of them, for their love of Jesus Christ, which was extremely interesting and cool and um I don't know I just feel like you you get to see something that um people did for you you know for you to know the Lord not for themselves and how selfless that is yeah it makes me think um in seminary I went to Jerusalem and also Istanbul and both times that you know, the, the folks who led the, the trips, they were clear on the distinction between a pilgrimage and tourism. Some of it is sightseeing. Some of it is seeing cool places. But there's something different about pilgrimage. I think, you know, your dad doing those devotions, y'all centering everything in prayer, all of that helps keep it focused on. I mean, you're following the footsteps of of people who built these things. You're following footsteps of people who have have done this. It's not just you going to, to look at a place. How do y'all try to keep that, that idea front and center during the trip? Yeah. I'm really glad you talked about that because I think there can be a lot of confusion of just like seeing beautiful things versus um, really trying to walk the steps of these folks and of these martyrs. And I think the devotion every morning was very important to that and um, you know, learning and also you know, every cathedral has, um, as Jimmy talked about last week, you know, a morning prayer, an evening prayer. Most of them have, um, I mean, liturgy is just such a central part of what they do. So the way it's set up, I'm not exactly sure about in Scotland, but the way it's set up in England is to be a member of a parish or a cathedral. It is all about the area that you live in. So if you live in the proper of Durham, the Durham Cathedral is going to be your home. But you also have to think about your parish home. But you also have to think about all the people that are there just visiting on Sunday, right? So a lot of what they do is hospitality. 
is welcoming. So I think we tried to be there for any time that there was a choir singing, anytime there was even song, we just tried to worship and embrace um, those words of liturgy that are familiar to us, but are also sort of in that King, King, in the King's language, you know, in the these and the thous and all of that. Um, and also just trying to extend back the amazing hospitality that we received. Um, we had, I'll tell you a great story in a minute about our amazing coach driver. Um, so one place that my dad had been to a lot of these places, but one place that we went to that he'd never been to was Ely in England. Um, and I think that was my favorite cathedral that I saw. Um, just the thousands of, I mean, it took hundreds of years to build this. And then oftentimes these cathedrals would burn and then they'd have to start back again. Right. And so I loved that. Now on Sunday, we got to go to Canterbury Cathedral. Canterbury for Episcopalians and Anglicans is what we call the mothership. That is the, um, the Archbishop of Canterbury who is sort of over all of us. Um, that is his home. So we went Sunday morning for worship. One thing that was particularly meaningful to me was the Reverend Dr. Emma, who is one of the canon staffs. She was the celebrant that day. And in, unfortunately, in the United Kingdom, um, women priests have been a little bit slower to come to the table versus here in the United States. So it was particularly meaningful to me to see a woman um, preside at the table. Um, and um, three of my parishioners were asked to bring up the elements from the back. So that was really, really neat. We were recognized by the dean of um, Canterbury as guests that are there. Um, and so I just felt, um, we asked, we were asked to go to coffee hour after. So I just felt like we really got to sort of engage. Then we walked about around the town of Canterbury that day. And then we came back that night for Evensong. So these beautiful choirs, um, who are just giving their heart and soul. So you have to think about the way a cathedral works versus a parish. So much of their ministry is to random people that are walking in their doors every day that are visiting. Much like Trinity Cathedral in Columbia, I'm sure that a lot of the people that worship there every day, they don't even know them, you know, and it's a very different ministry than what you and I do. Does that make sense? And I, I, I don't think I totally grasped that till I, till I went myself. Yeah. I remember I, I was chaplain at Camp Allen um, a couple months ago, Camp Allen's our diocese in summer camp. And it's when um, the, the retired clergy conference was going on. So there was hundreds of retired clergy. One of our bishops was there, there and I got to hang out, right? Like, Oh Lord, CPG, let me retire. It looked yeah. great. Um, and I got to, to go up to this guy, Jim McGill. He was a priest at the cathedral in Houston. And I would go, um, pretty much every Wednesday, uh, um, over my lunch hour back when I was a business guy. I was a member of a parish. I was actively involved in a parish in suburban Houston, but on Wednesdays, it became part of my practice that I would go kind of sneak in the back of their noon Eucharist and, do the thing and then leave and like never talked. It was a personal thing, whatever. But to mm-hmm. see Jim, who was retired and attached to that congregation, 
he had no idea who I was. And I go up and tell him how important that was to, to my formation as a Christian, ultimately my formation as, as clergy. And number one, he was doing something that he had no idea. Like you're talking about um, the builders of these cathedrals. They don't know who's going to be touched by that. But also the the role of the cathedral, they're serving people that they're not going to know their names, but they just trust that, that God's working through that. Yeah, it's so cool. And it's really not something you and I do on a daily basis. You know, it's a different kind of priest ministering, you know, and so it was really special to be a part of that. Part of our group left after Canterbury and then some of us stayed and did an extension in London. And so, you know, that was great. And London is a great, beautiful, big city. So we saw St. Paul's, we saw Westminster. We, you know, did, got to do um, all the um, just wonderful things that happened in London. And um, of course, just had a great time there. But one of the things I wanted to say that was so meaningful to us is we had a wonderful tour guide. His name was Harvey, but we also had a wonderful coach driver and his name was Gareth. Gareth is a Welshman and Gareth um, is about 35 years old and he has six children and he comes from, you know, a pretty working class family and his wife came the last day and um, we were talking to them and they were just telling that they didn't have a proper wedding and that it wasn't, um, you know, in a church and it wasn't blessed by the church and no wedding dress and no cake. And you could just kind of feel a little bit of sadness around this. So we're sitting in the middle of a pub and I just get my stole out. And I bless this marriage between these two people. And it was just such a lovely, awesome moment um, that we had shared the week with them. And then we got to share God's love with them and in that way. It was just a great way to sort of end the trip. And um, you just never know where that might lead. And maybe they'll find a church home. And um, I hope they do. And I friended him on Facebook and he told me I was his first American friend and, you know, just as fun, those fun stories like that. Um, the other thing that was super special for me and Alan, I hope that you get to do something like this with your boys is, um, my dad turned 70 in November. And one of the things he wanted to do was travel with each of his children. So, you know, just to spend 10 days with your father is something I'll, I'll never, ever forget. Um, so, so special. Um, he's a great travel companion. He loves to go to the bar at night and talk with everybody and have a drink and visit. And um, I just adored that time. Um, so for me, the highlights were being in with my dad, getting to bless Gareth and Haley's marriage and then to be in these just very holy, what we call thin spaces where the Lord is just so present and you feel that, um, you feel privileged to be where you are. Um, and it's just 10 days of my life that I loved every minute of it. Now I came back with a little bit of a cold. That's what happens when you travel a lot. Um, but it's all worth it because I got to spend this awesome time together. So 
I just want to thank you and the listeners for letting me kind of debrief it a little bit. Um, I hope I get to do some more trips like this. I would love to go to Turkey and Greece and do the the steps of, of St. Paul. Um, I think it's so important for us as Christians to understand the history and what others did for us, for us to know Jesus Christ. Feels- yeah, thanks for sharing with us. Um, it's really impactful. I mean, I think about the times, whether it's a spiritual pilgrimage or whether, right, like I'm at the end of this month, I'm going to go spend a week hiking around Southern Colorado nice. just to be, you know, to that's a thin place for me, you know, the mountains and the woods and, and all of that. And, finding places to to go back to the psalms the psalms is full of, of finding nature as refreshment and 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 all of that um, so i'm glad you're able to do that i'm glad you're able to share that with us i'm probably going to have parishioners who ask me so when are we going to do this yeah um, well i'll help you maybe our churches can go together that'd, yeah, be- that'd be great and i've got folks that want to go to the holy land like i want to do all this um you know so well, if you're listening and you're someone at St. Martin's, talk to me. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, I love doing this kind of stuff. Well, I want to go back I've to Istanbul. I want to do all of it. Now that I've done one, I feel like I've kind of figured it out. And you and I yeah. can work it out. Maybe we can get our two churches to go. Because that was really awesome, too. Like two groups of people yeah. that really didn't know each other, but were, were brought together by the church. Um, I think that was awesome. So St. Martin's and Church of the Resurrection, let's get a trip together. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I think that would be great. We could do a Bible up recording and sure. Know, yeah. Um, so thanks for letting me share. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. I certainly missed y'all the last couple of weeks. Um, we do have a few more things happening with the Psalms and then a great, great, great summer plan for y'all. So we're looking forward to it. And as always, remember that we love you, but most importantly, God does.